Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, I feel like... I don't know. That's that. That's a question that I say this every like. That's a question that for years of my life you just said like I'm doing great because it, people didn't actually mean it, and now um, I'm constantly like self like inspecting my like mental state <laughs> during yeah. this. And so now when you ask me how I'm doing, I actually have to think. Okay, today I'm doing okay. At this time yesterday, I wanted to jump through a window. Oh, but uh, I, mean, I live on the second floor. It would have been, yeah, it would, it would have been be open or bruising what? and or whatever. Did you ever see, Oh my God, this is so far. So far. Off what we're talking about, did you ever see the movie, a home at the end of the world? No, I didn't. Did you ever see, uh, I'm looking at our guest to see if uh, she ever saw a home at the end of the world. Okay. Nope. It's not very good. Came out in 2004, but it has a part that like haunts me. And I think about it every few weeks maybe for like 16 years of my life there's a part where in the like i think it's colin Farrell's, Farrell's character when he's a kid his older brother dies in a freak accident which is there's a party at, the, at their house and he comes tries to come running in from outside doesn't realize the glass door is closed right runs through a glass door a piece of glass is sticking out of his neck he pulls it out and then like his jugular starts bleeding and he bleeds to death it's horrifying and it's not a very good movie, but that like one, one minute, 15 second clip, I've watched it over and over again because I can't get it out of my head because it's so disturbing to me. So I don't know something about, I don't know, some about accidental deaths, I think really uh, tends to freak me out and, and stick in my brain. Just um, like that piece of glass stuck in that guy's neck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's not what I wanted to do yesterday, but yesterday I was feeling just like intense, like heart crushing anxiety. I don't know if that's what you get when you're anxious. Does it feel like, I don't know. It feels like my, my chest and ribs are literally like compacting, like a trash compactor in on my heart. That's what I was feeling yesterday. Uh, anxiety wise today. I'm okay. I tend not to feel anxiety. I feel paranoia. I feel, I mean, I guess it's just, you know, maybe different words for the same thing, but uh, no, almost any kind of stress or frustration just immediately translates into uh depression and sadness okay. and ex feeling extremely tired and i genuinely feel like something is like weighing on me like i like physically it feels like that so uh so yeah and uh, i've had my fair share of that the last uh couple weeks um today specifically as well so uh sorry if my energy level is low um and uh and our you know our get look our guest did not tune in to hear about our woes if there's one thing i know about our guests is that she doesn't care she just doesn't care <laughs> what other people are are thinking or feeling so stay um, on topic that's her that's her thing well, before we do that, I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of the same stuff over and over again uh, during the, the quarantine. And one thing I can't get enough of, like anybody who knows what's what uh, these days, is uh, Fiona Apple's new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Uh, it's a fucking masterpiece, and uh, it sounds great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. They're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one-third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension.
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Tyler? Yes. Uh, join me in welcoming, please join me. I'm not commanding you. I'm asking yeah, you, please. You're not the boss. Of me. Uh, please join me in welcoming back to the show. Uh, one of our favorite guests and, uh, I'll bullshit aside. One of my favorite people, Mashables, Angie Hahn. Hello. Oh, shucks. I bet you say that to all the guests. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, I would ask how you guys are doing today, but I've already heard all about that. Yeah, you've got it all worked out. How are you? That's yeah, how question. are you holding up? I'm fine. I know you're not <laughs> supposed to say that anymore in like these these uncertain times. You're supposed to have a thing about how you're feeling terrible, but I I mean, under the circumstances, I feel fine. Yeah. Now, I know, uh, because I know you so well, Angie, I know the reason you're in such a good mood is because they're finally going to release the Snyder Cut, something that you've been begging for. You've been harassing uh, Warner Brothers uh, for years at this point. On I follow you on Twitter. I see it. I just want everyone listening to be very clear that David is being very sarcastic. I have not been doing this, uh, but he is not being sarcastic about that finally being a thing that's happening. It's coming to HBO Max next year, and it will. It it's not actually finished, so there's still they still have to do a lot of post post production on it and stuff. And then it will either be a four hour movie or released as like a TV show in parts. We don't know. Oh, I didn't uh, read all this. I didn't know that. But I I'm glad they're finishing. Uh, I see. I'm glad they're finishing the VFX. So it's not like, um, did you ever see, um, the Paul Schrader, uh, exorcist prequel? So they, yeah. Paul Schrader made an exorcist prequel, uh, universal. Is that who the exorcist is? Uh, I think, uh, hated it and hired Rennie Harlan to re redo it. And so they released a shitty exorcist prequel that was directed by Rennie Harlan. Uh, and then later on video, like I think it was just direct to DVD released yeah. Paul Schrader's version, but, with the cheapest VFX because they didn't want to sink the money in to actually do the VFX. And it's, it's not a bad movie except every time that there's anything that requires a, a visual effect. It looks, it's like worse than escape to escape from LA type yeah. of VFX. Watch out for that cartoon snake. <laughs> uh, like you're in Roger rabbit or something anyway. Um, so, but we're not talking about Paul Schrader. We're talking about, uh, uh, an even, an even more important auteur, Zack Snyder. Yeah. yeah. So, I asked David if we could talk about this because it's just something that like, man, for, for like a year, maybe, maybe longer than that. Like I'm friends with people on Facebook who would post stuff like re release the Snyder cut. And while I'm all in favor of like, yeah, let's, let's see the director's original vision. And obviously uh, Zack Snyder leaving justice league was a tra was a very tragic thing because of what was happening in his life and all of that. Um, so, put, but putting that aside, just the people saying like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it was this fabled thing, you know, release the Snyder Cut. It was, you know, is Von Stroheim's like eight hour greed, you know, um, and people and in various groups and just people in general would just say this. And I remember like, you know, it's, it's still Zack Snyder, right? Like it's still, 
you're you're pining for something. And these are people that aren't even aren't even really that big of a fan, and they seem uh, of him, but they they seem they're just DC fans, and not even necessarily the movies, just of the characters. And I think in their own mind, they were so dissatisfied with Justice League that they feel like, well, it's a compromised version. Surely, once Zack Snyder can release his version, even though I'm not necessarily a fan, surely. Finally, we will see a, a, the, a really great version of the Flash and this Superman and all that sort of thing. And it, it seemed to, they seemed to be pining for it in a way that suggested it was bigger than just movies. Like they were really pinning lo- like larger hopes to it. Well, and I when think- it comes right down to it, it's still Zack Snyder. And I feel like people <laughs> shouldn't get their hopes up much. I don't think it's really about Zack Snyder. And this is, I haven't seen the Justice League movie in any cut. Um, but just my understanding of being very online, uh, less online than I used to be, but being very online, being on phone Twitter, my understanding is a lot of these people who are pro the DC uh, extended universe really define themselves by what they're against, which is the MCU. Mm-hmm. And so I think what people saw, and I don't know if it actually came from Joss Whedon or if it came from Warner Brothers, is uh, maybe the Justice League movie has a little more jokiness than Man of Steel or or Batman v Superman did, and these people see that as it, it like their franchise is getting Marvelized, and they, that's what they don't want. And so I don't think they're saying release the cut directed by our favorite auteur Zack Snyder. They're saying release the grim dark version of this, right. like we got with Man of Steel and and Batman v Superman. That's, yeah, that's were... my impression. Sorry, Angie. It became so much. I, I do think it became so much more than just about this one specific movie. Like. I think these fandom, I think these fandoms, and I don't just mean DC, a lot of times people really tie a lot of their identity to it, or, you know, maybe not completely or anything, but it becomes a really big part of their lives. So it became this defining thing for them that, you know, there was going to be this version of it that was better or whatever. But it makes me wonder what's going to happen when it finally comes out, because right now it can be all things to all people. It can be the perfect movie because it doesn't (laughs) exist. No one's seen it. I mean, it, kind of existed in some incomplete version but no one's actually seen it so right now if you're a fan who was unhappy with justice league then you can imagine that the Zack snyder cut will be whatever you want and when it finally comes out i don't know it might be good it might be bad we don't know but it's going to be what Zack snyder wanted it to be which is not necessarily going to be the thing that fulfills every single fantasy that all of his all of the, the fans have had this whole time and i say this as someone who actually i love batman v superman dawn of justice like and i'm very curious to know what uh, Zack snyder's version of justice league would have been i have seen justice league and it feels like a movie that Zack snyder made half of went away and then they replaced him with joss whedon a director with nothing in common with him so it feels like a it feels like a complete mess and i am curious to see what kind of his original vision was but i feel like the other side of it is that um you know obviously not all dc fans but a lot of the people who have been the most vocal about this have been people who have been not very polite about it you know they have been harassing people they've been really toxic they've just represented that really toxic strain of fandom that you see not just in dc you see it in a lot of different Mm -hmm. um in a lot of different fandoms but i feel like that makes it a little bit more complicated to me it doesn't just feel like oh well that's great i'll finally get to see this movie that i was kind of curious to see that i 
kind of wondered what this version would have been. I finally get to see that it, it is that, but it's also just, I've seen a lot of people kind of also react with the, like, this feels like letting the toxic fans win. This feels like sending a message that if you spend mm -hmm. three years screaming at people online, cursing them, sending them death, death threats, you know, harassing everyone that you can about some version of the movie that you want to exist and it's going to come true. And I mean, it's too early to see what's actually going to happen, but it's uh, it's very complicated and odd and interesting. That, and I guess I have some mixed feelings about it. That is troubling to me that uh, like, I'm only slightly exaggerating when I say the terrorists won here. Well, and I also, I mean, obviously that's, that's no good, but it also makes me wonder, you know, when you're talking about somebody getting their identity wrapped up in their fandom, which we all we all do, even if we're trying not to. Um, but it makes me wonder, like, when the film comes out, let's say it's not very good, as in my opinion, it invariably will not. But, but let's, like, it makes me wonder, like... Zack Snyder has made good movies, though. Yeah, like he, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. He made, he made Dawn of the a, Dead. He made he a made... passable movie, which I'm willing to put way more down to James Gunn than I am Zack Snyder. Okay, but are you forgetting about... Legend of the Guardians, <laughs> The Owls of Gahul? Oh, I am. You know what? Uh, Snyder cut all the way. Uh, let's hope there are a lot more owls in it than... Uh, yeah. Than, um, yeah, let's hope there's a montage of owls forging armor, iron armor, <laughs> set to a song, the lyrics to which are about taking to the sky. So, look, this one of the greatest just moments of cinema in 21st century is sure. the the uh, the metallurgy montage from Legend of the Guardians, the Oscar Hall. But I I do wonder though if like, and this is something that film fans in general we all at any time like a, a director that we really like or it could be part of a franchise, it comes out and it's not so great. And I do think that there are people who, and I guess I'm just essentially trying to read people's minds, but it makes you wonder if they'll even acknowledge that it's not that good or if it's so they're it's so they're so committed to the idea they've they've got so much wrapped up in the Snyder cut of this thing that when it comes out they'll just be like oh this is a work of of genius you know I my prediction is that I, I don't know I actually actually I lied I don't really have a prediction because I do wonder because I feel like what you see sometimes is people and it's not just people who are who are like toxic fans or anything. A lot of people, when you really want to like something, sometimes you kind of talk yourself into thinking yeah. you liked it, especially at first. Like I remember when, um, you, like even when um, the Phantom Menace came out, that was a movie that people were so excited about. And I feel like in the beginning, people did kind of think they liked it, and then it took a while for people to kind of process what they really felt about it. And now it has a terrible reputation. I've seen Star well, Trek but then fans now, react now that's, to the J.J. Abrams ones. But now that's coming back around. I feel like there's been I feel like there's been so much reappraisal of the pre equals since the uh the jj abrams uh trilogy i think part of that is because the people who like it now at least in my experience a lot of them are younger so i think they have maybe had different expectations right. of something that they grew up with but now we're going off track a little bit i guess but yeah i do wonder <laughs> if it's going to be either either people will just say oh my god this is incredible this is a masterpiece i was hoping for because otherwise you're gonna have to admit you spent three years hoping for something that didn't pan out the way you wanted or maybe I don't know. I can't. I can't really see them turning on him completely unless it's really different from what they want. But it'll it'll be interesting and a little terrifying to see what happens. I guess. I think it does speak to the idea of be of being excited for something because it's not this other thing. Like if we look yeah. at like the the J.J. Abrams Star Wars, you know, For Force Awakens. People were so excited for it 
because it wasn't the prequels. And th- so like their, their initial reaction is that, and then you give it some time and more films come out in the series and suddenly they, they're able to appraise it outside of that context and be like, yeah, this really isn't maybe as great as we wanted it to be or as great as we initially thought it was. Um, that's something that you see. And I'm not much of a Star Wars person in general, but I do know that people are so eager for to like get the taste of the prequels out of their mouths that they would have taken anything. It's like if it's got practical effects and it has and it feels even a little bit gritty or at least more tangible, they are on board. And then then I think that same fan base saw what Disney was doing with Star Wars and then they reacted negatively to that, which drove them back into the arms of of the the prequels. And suddenly they're like, well, you know what, George Lucas, maybe we see what Disney's doing. And it's so corporate and pandering in certain ways that uh, maybe George Lucas was right this whole time. It's like, no, 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 they can all be terrible. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, think, I think in the case of uh, Snyder Cut, one of the complicating factors is that I think one third possibility is just that people see it, feel like this is not what I wanted, but it's not Zack Snyder's fault. His original vision was perfect. This is because Warner Brothers waited three years to release this until they couldn't do it properly. This is because they interfered with his vision and it was (laughs) going to be perfect, but now this is somehow someone's fault that is not Zack Snyder's and or mine or whatever. So, And I do do think that this is something that David and I have talked about is whether it be a franchise or a filmmaker, like there's always, there are the people that work that whose work really resonates with you. And when they release something that's not that good, there is a resistance. Angie, you were talking about like talking yourself into liking something that maybe you don't. And I think we all, it's like, Oh man, like we use these things to sort of define us in certain ways. And uh, if, you know, in, in one instance for me is that like, I love the Harry Potter series so much that last movie comes along. There's a lot of stuff that I find unsatisfying in it. And it's a bummer that it's the, the film that the franchise ends on. And then it could also be certain filmmakers as well. You know, um, I know some Orson, I know like some Orson Welles fans that we've been waiting for other side of the wind for so long. And I loved it, mm-hmm. but a lot, but a lot of people really didn't because it was unlike the stuff that they were accustomed to. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a bummer when that happens, but I, but hopefully one's able to be objective enough to be like, yeah, nobody's perfect. No franchise is perfect. No filmmaker's perfect. And that's okay. I am going to guess guess one person who is really not looking forward to this. And that's Matt Reeves, who now has to deal with having to create a new Batman while they're, they've suddenly decided to bring back the old Batman and throw their weight behind that at the same time. Yeah. I do like, you know, I mean, uh, you love Batman v Superman. And even though uh, I do not care for it, I love what they do with Batman in that movie. Like, I, I love the look. I love the way he's written. I love Alfred. I just, everything about that, I thought they were doing it spot on. Yeah. Poor Ben Affleck. He thought he was finally out. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess if they... Sorry, let me uh, really belabor a transition here. If this is, if this is released as a mini series, then watching it will count as something other than watching a movie, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Is what are we doing to pass the time under quarantine besides watching movies? Wow, oh, David, my. that was that was a journey. And I don't think it was necessary at all. No, <laughs> you could have just said, "Now we're going to talk about something else." No, I, no, that that I've been doing this. 
Tyler, we've been doing this for 13 years. Yeah. You think I'm just going to like have some jarring transition? No, I am going to bend over backwards, break a sweat, <laughs> trying <Yeah>. to, <laughs> to make any sort of, of segue that I can. So, yeah. um, uh, yeah, the, uh, we've, we've talked to, so far our, since we've gone into lockdown here, most of our guest episodes, we've had past guests on and it's mostly been just like, what are you watching? You know, yeah. during the, uh, during all this. Um, and we can talk about that with Angie too, but I also, but I kind of felt like, well, we're doing other things and you, you know, we're, when, when you're reading, you know, the, uh, when you're reading the internet, <laughs> Um, outside of film Twitter, there's also people uh, making sourdough bread. People are making this uh, uh, little South Korean instant coffee thing that I don't really understand the appeal of. Um, I'm trying to think what else has been a, a, a trend. Lots of people doing puzzles. I, I haven't gotten into the puzzle thing yet, mostly because with Natalie and I both working from home full time, all our surfaces, all our surface area is already like workspace. We don't really have a spare surface area to lay out a thousand piece puzzle. But um, what are you guys doing besides watching movies? Watching TV. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a lot of that, too, but we've already covered it. But I'd love to hear what you're watching on TV. I am watching a few things. Uh, a, a lot of it is just things that are current and the, the things that I would have been watching because they're current at any other point like i'm watching mrs america but it's not like oh this is my quarantine watch it's just it's a show that's on right now that i like so i'm watching it um ditto the great but there's also a couple shows that i've picked up just because oh, is that good which one the great it's pretty fun i've only it seen a few great. episodes i haven't seen all of it they're all out i haven't seen all of them yet it's pretty entertaining nicholas holt is having the time of his life and i, I feel like him. when he feel, looks like he's having the time of my, his life i'm having the time of my life because he's he's delightful when he gets to play kind of i think really big weird or villainous characters so that that's fun um but then i've also picked up a couple of older shows one of them is good girls on nbc which is, I think it's now in its third season, and it's just a show that I've kind of been aware of but never really had any interest in watching. And then one day on Netflix, they just turned it on. And it turned out to be kind of perfect for my mood because it, like, it's not too light, it's not too dark, it's not too heavy, but it's not too fluffy. It's really fun, but it's not overly demanding or intense or overly emotional or anything. So it's just been this, like, you know, just like a kind of nice relaxing watch. And then the other show that I picked up recently is Avatar The Last Airbender, which I had never seen before, despite the fact that for, what is it like now, like 15 years since it originally came out, the whole wow. time people have been yelling at me to watch it. And I've always been like, nope, no interest, not going to do it. And then it finally hit Netflix and <coughs> it was 30 minutes long. And I was like, well, okay, no time like the present. And so far, honestly, I'm liking it a lot more than I thought I would. So good for, good for them and good for me. Um, how many seasons is Avatar The Last Airbender? I am actually not sure. I think the Avatar The Last Airbender is three. And then if I might be wrong, but it is my understanding that then there was a spinoff series. Yeah, The Legend of Korra. Couple, yeah, which is also a couple of seasons, but I don't, I don't know as much about that one. And then there's a movie that nobody likes. Oh, right. Yeah. It's that James Cameron one, right? I thought it did very well. <laughs> um, such read, an obvious joke. I feel bad for it now. I'm um, sorry. I read, like, I, I don't have the same friends that you do, so no one has begged me to watch Avatar The Last Airbender, but I did read some of the Legend of Korra comics, and I didn't like them very much, but I've since heard, like, that that is... Uh, 
that's the consensus among the fans fans that the con- comics aren't as good uh, as the show. But uh, I, sh- I, I assume I, I don't know why I thought it was more than three seasons. Maybe I will. I think it's because I people will. won't stop talking about it. I also assumed it was like eight seasons, but it's it's yeah. not apparently. Um, I found like Natalie and I watch a lot of TV together, and we have almost exclusively, except for like stuff that aired. Like we watched Plot Against America and and Little Fires Everywhere, like stuff that aired, like you were saying with Mrs. America, stuff we probably would have been watching anyway. As far as our like binge watching, we have not been able to convince ourselves to watch anything that isn't a comedy. Like we're just trying to keep it light all the time. So we have this list of like, every time we finish it, like catch up on a series, uh, we're like, well, should we finally watch My Brilliant Friend or should we watch Rami? And it's like, well, we're going to watch Rami because it's a half-hour comedy mm-hmm. <laughs> and not a, a dramatic uh, hour-long Italian miniseries. Um, I don't know. Are you, are you guys watching anything uh, on TV that's serious besides Mrs. America? Actually, the first thing that I... The first not current TV show that I caught up on right after quarantine started was Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in a really, I feel like my, like mood-wise, I was in a really dark place to the point where I was like, I actively do not want to watch a comedy because it just feels so weird to me to watch mm. people be giggly and happy when I'm feeling like there's just this dark, oppressive cloud over my head. So then I was like, Chernobyl it is. And, you know, it was pretty good. I was watching uh, High Maintenance. Do you watch High Maintenance on HBO? I've seen a few um, episodes. I haven't seen it, all of it. It's really good. Um, uh, Tyler, I think it's very up your alley, too. But um, there's a funny thing on the show. It's an HBO show in which they are constantly referencing HBO. I think they think it's funny to just reference other HBO shows. So there's like an episode where uh, uh, someone, like two people just have a conversation about Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Uh, like, have you watched Chernobyl yet? And like, there's another one where like, he's selling weed to a guy who's trying to decide it's like a Sunday. And he's like, I don't know if I'm going to go out tonight or stay in. And he was like, you should stay in watch some of that fine HBO programming. That's what Sunday nights are for. It's <laughs> <laughs> true enough. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I haven't. Uh, so we, we, posted our uh, most recent uh, TV journal over on uh, Patreon. I try to avoid TV talk uh, until that has posted. Uh, but yeah, listeners know that uh, I've, or sorry, patrons know that I've been uh, watching the original series of Star Trek, which I've never seen before. And uh, I've been enjoying it, but it is also one of those shows. This is not a, a crime at all, but when you binge it, you really see the formula um oh, sure. from one episode to the next and you're just like okay uh and that it doesn't it doesn't put me off of it but it definitely makes me not want to watch more than like two episodes in a row um because after that you start to see the formula and the the novelty of the show itself and the characters starts to wear a little thin so uh so there's that and then I mean, I've seen Community a million times uh, at this point. I've seen, I've, I think I've watched it through like probably like three times by myself, but Jen wanted to watch it. So we've been working our way through it. And, uh, and it's, you know what? And as somebody who teaches at a couple community colleges, I do look, it's not like that, but I do miss campus. I miss being on campus. Um, and so even though it's a very funny show, uh, it's a little bittersweet for me. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting like uh, thing. I uh, I've never been a nightclub guy, 
but like when I'm watching a show and they're at the club, I'm like, that actually looks fun. I wish I could do that. <laughs> like I'm really like, uh, uh, for as much of a misanthrope as I can be, I'm really missing like other people. Um, until I'm on my like morning walk and I see other people like just, you know, out for a jog together, not wearing masks. And I want to fucking push them into traffic. Uh, but, um, in theory, I miss people. Have you guys been spending much time outside? Yeah, we, uh, I go on, uh, walks, um, multiple times a day. Cause I have a dog who needs to be walked and I go on walks my own. And then yesterday actually was Natalie's birthday. And so we, um, got, well, I, I did some curbside pickup of some, uh, wine and cheese and sandwiches and salads. And we had a little, uh, picnic in the front yard of our, uh, apartment building. So, uh, uh, yeah, I am actually, uh, spending a fair amount of time outside. I'm probably more than I would be, <laughs> uh, normally. I have a, a serious farmer stand. I'm going on walks. Nice. I I walk around the block from time to time. I'm I'm out uh, a fair amount because I have essentially. I enjoy being home, but I also do get a little bit stir crazy sometimes, and so if there are any errands that need to be run, I will run them. Um, and obviously, I keep my mask on and all that sort of thing. But if like, if it's a grocery or we need to like drop something off or pick something up somewhere else, like with a friend or whatever, uh, I will do that. So i I feel like I'm out of the house fairly frequently, not really interacting with anybody in any meaningful way. Uh, but I'm in my car and that's something, uh, not exactly the same as being in the sun, but you know, uh, I had, I've had to go twice to, uh, to my office to pick stuff up and like bring it to other facilities. And that's a pain in the ass. I have like a mask and, and gloves and, and whatever, but I actually just did it today. And, um, it made me realize that sometimes like we complain about traffic, sometimes traffic, a lot of times maybe traffic isn't about, Oh, there's so many cars. It only takes one asshole driving too slow. <laughs> It's like I was in, uh, Angie, I was in roughly your neck of, neck of the woods uh, in West Hollywood. And I was like, how, how does traffic still suck? And it's like, oh, because I'm stuck behind idiots. Um, and then I like I, because I had to go to Beverly Hills and I live in North Hollywood. I had to take cold water, cold water any time of the day or night. There's there's always one person who's scared of the like twists and turns on the road and is doing fucking 22 miles per hour on cold cold water canyon is the most frustrating road for that reason because it should be such a fun drive and every no matter what time of day or night there's one person who can't handle it and ruins it for everyone <laughs> Tyler, why are you shaking like your head? not missing traffic very much so there's one thing so no yeah. although i i did have to a uh, 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 two or three weeks ago, my wife has had to do this a number of times, uh, deliver groceries up to her parents, my in-laws, uh, who live in Camarillo. Cause they're, we're really trying to keep them, you know, cause they're older. We're trying to keep them inside as much as possible. So I did go with her once a few weeks ago and that was great. I've met like to get on the one-on-one set the cruise control at like 70, 75, and then just like for half an hour, not have to do anything. That's, yeah. I love it. I love that. Uh, and that's very, that's very rare. So the highway driving, I guess is fun, but the city driving, it still just takes one asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was picking up some, some food for Jen, uh, at a place in studio city and it was in the evening. So it's not like what it place. Was, I think it's called, I think it's called just ramen. Okay. Um, but, uh, 
you know, she's, she's vegan. So there aren't a lot of places that she can uh, get food from. Obviously we live in Los Angeles, so uh, there are more than, than other cities, but uh, anyway, so it's studio city and she's like, that's kind of far. And I was like, uh, it'll be, I think it'll be fine. So I made it there on the freeway from my house. Normally it would take probably 20 minutes at the, at least I was there in like nine minutes and I laughed like a James Bond villain uh, for whom everything is going great. I was like, <laughs> what is going on here? And, uh, and so it was crazy. Obviously the, the circumstances uh, that allow this are, are quite unfortunate, but, uh, but yeah, you gotta, it's the little things you gotta be, you gotta look for the positive where you can. Well, that uh, update on last week, I can't remember if this was on the podcast or off the podcast when I said that I was considering because I don't have anything else to do, I was like, I might drive all the way to Canoga Park and back just to pick up Cheddar Bay Biscuits from Red Lobster. What I did instead is on the grocery run, I bought the Cheddar Bay Biscuit mix uh, at Ralph's and made my own Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Uh, they're different than the restaurant ones, but they're still fucking delicious. I eat like seven of them. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I've been doing a ton of, not making Cheddar Bay Biscuits, but going to the grocery store because I've been cooking a ton now. Ooh, what are you making? Um, I'm not that good of a cook, so I'm not even making anything particularly exciting. I think I mentioned to you, David, at some point that I, I learned how to make that kind of tomato-y rice that they serve in Mexican restaurants, and that was very exciting for me because I'd never made anything like that before. Um, but I'm starting to it, – it's just it's – just, I'm obviously it started out as you know i just need to i'm home now so i need to figure out how to feed myself but then it just became like well i'm home and now i would love to have literally anything to do that it doesn't involve just staring at a screen so i've been cooking a lot more and uh i don't know i'm working my way up to roasting a chicken i've never done that but i guess well, that's now fun yeah um a uh, couple things that reminds me of. So I think the the right if, if I'm thinking of the same rice you're talking about, I think it's it's often referred to as Spanish rice on menus, I right? Guess so sure, but it's not Spanish. But what I that know. is, it's a it's a holdover from in like the early 20th century when Mexican restaurants were opening around here. I guess a lot of people a lot of people thought that white Americans were still too racist to go to a Mexican restaurant. So a lot of Mexican restaurants were just called Spanish restaurants, even though they weren't serving Spanish food, they were serving Mexican food. But you and can see like, get you because I'm fine with Mexicans, Spaniards though, <laughs> get them out of here. I don't want them. I don't want them in my country. But you can see like one of the oldest Mexican restaurant chains here in like local chains is El Cholo. And you can see like a picture of like the El Cholo from 1912 that says El Cholo Spanish food. Uh, and anyway, that's why that rice is still called that, uh, even though it's not actually Spanish rice. I, but speaking of Mexican food, I here's what I uh, am really good at. I'm really good at saying just like I have a lot of books that I'm going to read that I bought. And I'm like, I bought the book. So I said I was going to teach myself to make some authentic uh, Mexican food, including uh, I wanted to teach myself to make tortillas from scratch. And I, as far as I've gotten is buying the, the book, buying the Mexican cookbook. So uh, in a few weeks, maybe I'll start to think about actually making tortillas uh, from scratch. What I want, the first recipe in the book, actually, which grosses out my vegetarian wife, is just how to make lard to store for future because a lot of the recipes require lard so i was like you know what maybe that's where i'll start i'll just get a bunch of ground meat meat <laughs> ground meat and cook off some lard and jar it uh and you can just <laughs> eat it straight out of the jar you know probably won't do that probably won't do that <laughs> i am not a vegetarian or vegan and that is gross to me but um, i bet you've enjoyed foods that have lard and that are cooked oh, with lard I'm 
Undoubtedly, but there is a difference between enjoying something that's done and uh-huh. starting it from scratch. <laughs> uh, yeah, as uh, I will say this, you know, it's it's probably a little bit hypocritical of me to um, to criticize people who have been like yearning for the the Snyder cut and like their identities are wrapped up in that and all that because um, for the last few weeks, my Snyder cut has been when are we getting an air fryer and then we finally oh. two days ago we got it and we are and when when we are done recording here Jen is actually uh, working on it now figuring out how it works and then I'll probably be making myself some chicken later on this evening oh. uh, and so I'm very excited about that and uh, but then there's this other thing that we've been doing um, or rather that we're we'll be starting Jen bought this big book of like dates that uh couples can go on and but it's each date is a secret but it gives you like the specifics like it'll cost this much it'll take this long you can do it indoors or outdoors or what do it from home whatever so we scratched off the first one which is we're going to be doing uh which is we're going to be making a pie i'm going to be blindfolded and she's going to be uh sort of directing what i'll be doing we are going with a a no, a no bake pie because we don't want to. Sorry, this is a book of a book of dates or a book of Japanese game show premises. <laughs> well, I did admittedly ask, can we go with dates that are uh, really convoluted? Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's the, obviously we had to. We're picking like dates we can do at home, um, and uh, and so that was literally the very first one. Is uh, you make a pie with this kind of that requires communication and connection and that sort of thing. But uh, we did decide like better safe than sorry. Let's not get the oven involved here. (laughs) Angie has a question. I wanted to see if it's my question. So um, you're, you're blindfolded and she's Mm. telling you what to do or she's like guiding your arms. Like she's a rat in Ratatouille. I think, I think, uh, I think guiding (laughs) and I think she, uh, yeah, she's holding on to my hair. (laughs) um, But uh, no, I think she is, I think she is guiding hands and I, I if i if the rules because they do have like limitations and we want to try and adhere to them as much as we can and one of like she can say like three uh directives but only three um we can talk you know about life but uh we're not just going to be c- completely silent that's weird but uh but she can only give me three specific directives and uh, i think we decided that's not one we're going to adhere to <laughs> okay yeah i was gonna um I was say, I, I think I've been maybe too uh, uh, braggadocious about about the fact that through all, all of this entire quarantine, my wife and I have not gotten into one argument at all. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been it's been great. Uh, I feel like if we did that, we would we would break our streak. I definitely think we would get into an argument. Tyler, <laughs> I just want to also suggest that whatever pie you make doesn't involve like chopping anything up because a knife sounds extremely dangerous mm-hmm. i don't we're, we're making essentially a a, a a chocolate peanut butter cup pie so it doesn't see it seems to require okay. a lot of mixing but no chopping do you make uh, what kind of crust do you make the crust from scratch or, or what no, that one we just bought a graham cracker uh graham cracker uh crunch because oh, uh, i was gonna say actually like I'm, I'm not a baker. I've never made like a regular pie crust from scratch. But graham cracker crusts are actually pretty easy to make from scratch. I'm sure it is, but uh, once I've again, we're yeah. Have you ever and seen you- the movie Labor Day where they make a yes. pie together all sexy like? Is it gonna uh, be yes. like that? 
I'm, I have I haven't seen it, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Wait, Angie, are you the other person besides me who likes that movie? No. Oh, okay. It was so okay, it's, but it's I still remember just me. that. Still yes, just me. I remember that they made a peach pie and that it was like very erotic. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. They're mashing those peaches. It's, yes. It's hot. And yet, probably not the most erotic thing to be done to a peach in the last ten years in film. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, I've even seen the movie, and I know that just as central right. osmosis. Tyler's never seen Call Me by Your Name. Oh, on purpose or just never got around to it? I just didn't get around to it. It's one of those things that, like, and David and I have talked about this before. That, like, if I don't see a movie in the moment, it'll probably be about five years until I do. Like, I get it. I get that. It needs to come, sort of, come back around. But if it's like a year or two later, I'm I'm embroiled in what what I'm watching at the time. Uh, something needs to be like, if people are still talking about it, it's not like it needs to prove itself to me. I've heard nothing but good things, and I like that cast. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it was urgent, but I didn't get to see it. And then other things, like it needs to transition from urgent to important. And since it is no longer urgent, but it's not too important yet, it's still in this in this uh, this no man's land. I feel like that happens to me all the time. But what I want to know is: Are you avoiding all peach themed movies? Like, have you seen Parasite, or is that also off limits because there's a peach in it? Uh, not an erotic peach, but still, there is a peach in it. I mean, I haven't seen Parasite, but that's just oh for like. Oh my gosh! You really are like, avoiding all peach themed no, movies. I, I, I've seen Parasite. I was, seen Parasite. Gonna, I was going to say I haven't seen it, but just for racial purposes. Oh, okay. um, no, God. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I love. I adore. I adore Parasite. Have you seen? You've seen the most erotic peach movie of all, James and the Giant Peach, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All those, um, all those bugs in there. Oh man! Granted, we all have different definitions of erotic, but that is yeah, a deeply erotic a, film. You know, you guys should just do an episode of making Tyler watch peach erotic films. <laughs> I um, this brings. I, are there Angie? Do you have any movies? Because there, yeah, there are movies that plenty of good movies that I've never gotten around to. Are there any movies that you refuse to see? Oh, I don't think so do you okay. have any I, I mean listeners think that i'm refusing to see mad max fury road i just haven't gotten around to it and i'm what? secretly enjoying the fact that everyone has that reaction yeah okay you know what? <laughs> and, I, I, and I, he I, has I, the audacity to give me shit for not seeing call me by your name <laughs> but that's a real movie it's not like a the third sequel to some like you know goofy action movie it's a re the call me by your name is a real movie are you not familiar with the call me by your name franchise the, the cinematic universe <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Angie, you were you were saying oh, you were no, going to admonish it. No, but are, are no, you guys no. going to tell me that it, like how does Mad Max Fury Road compare to other part 4s? Like is it better than Police Academy Citizens on Patrol? For I'd instance. It's on the same level. <laughs> Very similar. Actually, they have the same exact plot. It's the weirdest. Thing. <laughs> I don't think I have a movie that I'm purposely avoiding, but for a while, for a long time in my life, Titanic was that movie for me which I just like hmm. had not seen. And as a kid, I did avoid it on purpose because I didn't want to watch it. And then um, then it just became a thing that I never got around to watching, much like Tyler said. And then it became, much like David said, a thing that just became almost a weird point of pride that I hadn't seen it. 
Yeah. Like, no one in my family has seen it. And it's not like we all were like, we're going to collectively avoid this. It just happened that none of us had seen it. So we were just this weirdo family that no one had seen it. And then they came out with the 3D version. And that was when I finally saw it. And I was like, all right, this is a pretty good movie. I probably should have seen it. Yeah, it's a really good movie. It's not like there, there are so many people, movies that people, I think, for nostalgia purposes, are like, oh, my God, you haven't seen, like, if someone's like, oh, my God, you haven't seen The Goonies, you're fine. You don't need to see The Goonies. I have <laughs> not like, seen, I'm not refusing to see The Goonies, but yeah, that you, is a movie that I did not see as a kid. And then by the time that I was like, should I, do I really have to watch it? People sort of say, like, no, you're too old now. If you're going to watch it, you yeah. had to watch it as a kid. So now I am planning to never watch it. And I feel fine about that. Yeah, you're not really missing out, I don't think. I don't know, Ty, you rewatched it fairly recently and, and you wanted to sort of yeah, uh, I, defend it a little bit? A little bit, yes. Um, it's certainly, I would not describe it as essential like so many other people uh, our age, but it's it's interesting when you realize what it is, which is it's like this fun romp that is sort of like um, like Indiana Jones Jr. You know, it is, it's sort of like a gateway into that type of adventure movie for a younger audience. Granted, a younger audience would probably still enjoy Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it, it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of cut from that cloth. And looking at it through that lens and with a very talented uh, and charismatic cast, like it's, it's worth watching. Um, but at the same time, I watched it when I was a kid and loved it when I was a kid um, and then sort of turned on it as an adult and then watching it again, it's like, Oh yeah. No, I think I, I see it. I think the most recent time I watched it, I was able to see it right where it is, which is perfectly fine and, and occasionally enjoyable. I, I like it as a kid, but the thing I remember even as a kid thinking it was dumb is at the beginning, I think is Corey Feldman's like dad fixing the sink or something. Right. And he's like leaning I over the sink so. and the sink yeah. starts just like spraying water in Corey Feldman's face. And he just like stays there and it's supposed to be funny. But even as a kid, I was like, he would just move his face. Yeah, why, would, why would he just keep even, his face? <laughs> yeah. Without even thinking about it. Like, yeah, it's clearly he was told to keep his face there by the director. <laughs> I feel um, like my takeaway from this it is, is that the Goonies, watching the Goonies is neither urgent nor important. So, you know what? Probably not going to watch the Goonies still. And yet there is an erotic peach scene in there. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any movies that I refuse to see. You know, I mean, I think the the commonality here, the refusal comes when people say, you've got to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. People usually like in our same age group. And for me, uh, a film that came out my senior year, you know, so that's, we're getting into 99, a movie, uh, a movie year that had some really amazing films. And I was busy seeing those. My classmates, on the other hand, and this is where I'm going to sound like an elitist asshole, but they were very busy seeing and loving The Waterboy, uh, which I have not seen. It did not look good to me. Um, and I still have not seen it to this day. Uh, and it is a film that still some of, uh, you know, people my age will occasionally reference. And I was like, I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm fine to refuse to see that one. Um, yeah. I don't remember. I mean, I know. Yeah. Some people really love the water boy. It's not my favorite, uh, of the Adam Sandler comedies. It's certainly no little Nicky, which I think is much better than his reputation. <laughs> um, but, uh, here's something. Okay. Uh, this might, this is getting a little, uh, heavy or sad. I find, and this happens more with recent movies just because there's more reporting and we know more about what's going on. If I know beforehand that a, say a stunt person or someone was killed 
in the making of a movie, like with like Deadpool two, mm. um, uh, or, or or I'm trying to think of other examples, um, uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. I know that's not a recent one, but um, it makes me like not want to see the movie as much. And I feel like there are other movies that I've since like both the right stuff and Top Gun had. Uh, people who died making the movie um mike nichols catch 22 one of the second unit directors uh died making the movie but i feel like that stuff wasn't reported as much back then and also i was younger when i saw it so i didn't think about it but um yeah that's my answer if i know that uh someone died or if i know beforehand that an an animal was actually like harmed like i've never seen i've never seen cannibal holocaust i don't really want to see cannibal holocaust um because i know that they really like tortured turtles and shit to make the movie um I, that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, nope. Uh, and even sometimes, sometimes these movies, knowing stuff like that makes me hard. Like I know it makes it hard for me to revisit movies. Like I love stagecoach is a great movie, but knowing in retrospect, how many of those horses like were had to be put down because they had their legs broken, uh, making that movie is makes it, it makes it hard for me to want to revisit stagecoach. Well, now I feel like an asshole for being like, no, I don't think there's any movies I'm actively refusing to watch. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Yeah, it works. Yeah, job. it's we walked right into his trap. <laughs> right. Um, you know, in in regards to the stuntman thing, I actually not that I'm necessarily more likely to see a movie uh, if I know a stuntman died, but I will say that like, so I I actually I know a, a couple uh, stunt people and they uh they know people that have that have died and uh of course they're very sad about it but they also say that like if if it comes out of negligence on the part of the production that's one thing but if it's just things go wrong and stunt people do know that they know that that is a possibility and they are willingly and they willingly do it as opposed to like a an assistant director like they're putting themselves in harm's way for for the sake of entertainment um, now that might be something that doesn't make a great deal of sense to me, but it makes sense to them. They're choosing to do it. And so it's not, if it's a freak accident situation, as opposed to negligence, um, it won't necessarily scare me away from it. Well, um, the cat, I don't want to denigrate this poor guy who died making catch 22, but if you read the Wikipedia article about it, it makes, it makes the, the case that he was offered a harness, refused to wear a harness and then fell out of an airplane uh yeah uh, so um obviously i still feel bad for him but if that's if that's true there's like it's not you can't blame mike nichols he's not he's right. not john landis in that <laughs> in that scenario maybe um, he was being very machiavellian about it and he's like he goes he goes well you know you can wear this harness i mean if you're you know uh a coward <laughs> and uh, the guy's like i'm no coward he goes yes you're right you're not well let's do this stunt all right, yeah, you know what? Fuck Mike Nichols. <laughs> um, all right, let's get back to the topic at hand, though. What else we're doing? Because <laughs> what we're doing? Because I wanted to say something about uh, your um, like surprise date night thing. Oh, okay. Um, because uh, not, not <laughs> Angie just perked up at the idea of talking more about this, which I think is well, no, uh, no. I was just going to say what Natalie and I have been doing, which is nothing—not as extreme as that. But every night, like we watch TV and movies, but we also play a board game or play cards. We've learned how to play sure. gin rummy. We, we're like obsessed with gin rummy now. Um, and what we do, we take. 
this has one been one of the more fun things is getting reacquainted with our record collection or our record player because a couple of christmases mm. ago we bought ourselves like our christmas present to ourselves was like new turntable new receiver new speakers like a whole like stand for the, like a whole record player thing and then because we're you know aging millennials or whatever we just like turn on the bluetooth if we're listening to music at home, we're like listening to Spotify most of the time. Yeah. Uh, so this has forced us to get like reacquainted, reacquainted with our record collection. What we've been doing is taking turns, picking the records without telling us. So like you drop the needle and then the other person gets to go, Oh, rumors or like, Oh, um, uh, Vivaldi or whatever we've listened to. Are has you guys like be- trying to outsmart each other? Like put on something <laughs> the other person doesn't know. So it's like a guessing game or is it just, no, we're trying is it to just like a pleasant surprise for your spouse. We're trying to pick something we think they'll like. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. We're not trying to, this is why we haven't gotten to do any arguments. Cause we're trying to, <laughs> to trying to make things easier, uh, on each other. Um, I see now why David is going to make be the only person who makes it out of quarantine still married. Yes. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. It's, you know, right now I like that. This is a, a little snapshot, like a little calm before the storm. Where it's like, yeah, Jen and I are going to make a pie in this really goofy way. Cut to next week. It's like, so Jen and I have separated and uh, are headed yeah. towards divorce. Uh, and also I see you on the zoom missing a finger. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we weren't even using knives. I don't know how this works with a no bake pie, but uh, I feel like but, yeah. the possibilities for just fucking with the other person when one of them is blindfolded and you're directing them what to do is they're just endless. She could make you make a really disgusting pie just for fun. Yeah, it's so I have a hard time trusting people. I assume that they're going to, uh, you know, hurt me or make me look silly. Uh, and so we we decided that this would be like a sort of a, a little trust fall because it could have been the other way. Like she could have been blindfolded and then I, I direct her. But uh, we decided to go with this because it'll it will be good for me. Um, and uh, but yeah, thank you for saying that. Uh, oh, no. I totally agree with you there. The p- possibilities are endless <laughs> and uh, we'll see how it goes. Great. I'll this let you is gonna know. Be, yeah, this is going to be a fun preamble to the divorce episode. <laughs> yeah, it will. <laughs> Thinking I back to when the, things were good. I have had my, um, I have been like had the power of sight every time I've been in the kitchen making things. So that's mm-hmm. been really special for me. Uh, never <laughs> once been blindfolded in there. Um, I have been making a lot of cocktails, which is fun. And now okay. I'm collecting. Now I'm just amassing a collection of random liqueurs and stuff. Tell and, me about what what you've been making. Uh, usually, I just kind of look at what I have, and then I Google the ingredients, and I'm like, "There's a recipe for a cocktail. I'll try that." So, what's been good? What's been good? The most recent thing I made was a frozen banana daiquiri because I had some bananas that were clearly about to go bad. Like they were like 20 minutes away from just being thrown in the trash can. So then I I saved them by making a frozen banana daiquiri, which was pretty good. I also also at some point accidentally acquired a bottle of banana liqueur, which is a thing that I never wanted and still don't really want. But now it's just there. So now I'm trying to figure out ways to use it. So all your cocktails are banana themed? No, not all banana themed. Um, I have also, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes you go with the classic, like a little gin martini. I made um, pineapple margaritas. That that turned out pretty well. I'm, uh, I'm going to try to see if I have all the stuff to make a Mai Tai tonight because I haven't tried that one yet. Yeah, it's just been, uh, I feel like I mean, usually, I feel like, I mean, because like the things that I'm making are not especially hard to make. But yeah. in the past, I wouldn't make them because I either was like, I'm not, I'm not buying a bottle of liqueur I'm only going to use a few times, or I'd be like, no, I don't have time to like 
do all the like to wash all the dishes afterward that you know because you, you got to cut stuff up and put in a shaker and all that stuff I'm like I'm not going to bother with that but now that I can't go out and drink and now that I'm home all the time and doing dishes all the time now I'm just <laughs> collecting bottles and making these uh, fancy cocktails that's fun um uh I'm also a gin martini drinker but I'm uh, a correct martini vodka martinis are why but here's where I think we're going to disagree I'm a Gibson guy I like a pearl onion not an olive. Mm, okay. So, well, at least you're still using gin. Because that, well, Natalie and I like uh, have laughed that when we when we order martinis together, we order like we're as far apart as two martinis can be and still be martinis. Because I drink gin Gibson martinis and she drinks dirty vo- vodka martinis. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, and we you like guys martinis. Are still but, married, huh? Yeah, somehow. Interesting. <laughs> somehow. I'm just trying to sow discord in everyone's relationships right now because it's quarantine. I think what's better to do. Well, they've got a they've got a real uh, days of wine and roses thing going on over there, where they're just <laughs> drunk all the time and like, listen to this record. It's pretty great, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably have been uh, imbibing a little a little too much. Um, but uh, you know what I haven't been, it's funny, we're talking about all these things we're, we've been doing. None of us has talked about reading. And I found that at the beginning of this quarantine, I was reading a lot and I'm not, I haven't stuck to it. I'm not reading. There are, there are, oh, sorry, oh, go ahead. <laughs> there are books that I, uh, there are books that I plan on reading when my semester is done, ah. um, which will be in a couple of weeks. So they're just sitting on my nightstand, just waiting. And I'm actually looking forward to it. I have, I've been reading about this, I think probably slightly more, but not that, like maybe close to the same amount that I was reading beforehand, which was I'll go through periods where I'm reading all the time and then I'll go through longer periods where I'm not reading anything. So it's just, it's been like that. But I also feel like part of it is I was all already kind of a homebody, like even before any of this happened. Okay. So a lot of people were just like, oh, my God, now that I can't go out, like, I have I have all this time and I need to figure out how to fill it. And, like, what am I going to do with all my time at home? And I was like, I I've been home all the time and I already know what I'm going to do. And the answer is nothing. So, so you know, here we are. I've got, like, uh, I already had comic books piling up. And then uh, they, the comic books were all closed for a while. But now you can do curbside pickup. So I picked up, like, my pull list and I had... Uh, you know, spend close to a hundred dollars on comics. And so I have all those plus the stuff I already had. And I'm realizing that because when I would go to work more often than not, I would take public transit and that's when I read. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not going to my job. And then even when things do start to open up, I feel like I might not be comfortable getting on the train or the bus uh, if I don't have to uh, for a while. So these comics are just going to keep piling up i guess it's been like that for me in podcasts because i used to listen to podcasts when i would like drive around or drive to work or something but now even though i'm running a lot of errands i'm not driving nearly as much and when i do because there's no traffic it doesn't take as long so those are really piling up that is uh a little peek behind the curtain that's that's a very real thing like our numbers are down uh and i'm not saying that in a complaining way uh that is the case across the board as far as uh as far as i can tell um it's very clear that people listen to podcasts during their commute and with few with fewer people having a a commute like our numbers are down my my other podcast those numbers down and then other people that i've been talking to that's been the case it's uh it's it's very interesting 
you come to realize like, okay, so that's, that's the part that I play. Like (laughs) cut out a commute and nobody gives a shit what I have to say. (laughs) I also have the problem of like most of the podcasts that I normally listen to are sports podcasts and there's no sports. So I don't have anything to listen to anyway, but I'm listening to plenty of music. Like I said, this Fiona Apple Apple album is, uh, is fantastic. Uh, You guys should listen to it. Now I have Did you been, listen to it on tweaked audio that I use my tweaked audio earbuds. Audio colors and yeah, stylish can, styles. You can see my little uh, metallic green ones here on the, yeah. on the Zoom. The listeners can't, but uh, they have a nice a nice minty look to them. Like I bet they they taste delicious. Oh yeah, put it in your mouth, David. <laughs> How are you gonna know unless you try? I really enjoyed that uh, that read. Um, well done. Well, that's um, a good place to wrap things up. We've been going about an hour, I think. I don't have a counter on the Zoom. Uh, you're a thing. coward who won't try eating your earphones. Okay, I'm definitely good. not going to put an earphone uh, in in my mouth. Um, although, I mean, this place is sanitized. I'm like uh, using hand sanitizer every time I walk in or out the door, so it's probably all clean here in the in the apartment. But uh, yeah, but not uh, not in your ear. Yeah, my Thank ears you. are my ears are clean as fuck. Um, oh, okay. So you can find us at battleshipretention.com. This week, uh, I reviewed a couple of uh, new releases: the Diana Kennedy documentary and Military Wives, which I liked, and and uh, um, I also reviewed some uh, new restorations of of older movies and releases of slightly older movies: Mistress Lisbon, and uh, hopefully. By the time I'm saying this, I'm, doing, I'm pulling a Bill and Ted here and saying uh, that the, this has to be up by Sunday. Uh, uh, Caro Diario I reviewed and three uh, French films starring Romy Schneider. These are all movies that have been uh, restored. That's all available at BattleshipRetention.com. You can email us. Uh, also, this week on the Patreon, we talked about uh, the TV we've been watching. That's why we yeah. didn't talk as much about TV today. Uh, so check that out at Patreon.com slash BattleshipRetention. You can email us at David at BattleshipRetention.com or Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Tyler, do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, just my uh, my documentary, Real Redemption, The Rise of Christian Cinema, which is available on Faith Life TV. Uh, you can head on over there and get a uh, free two weeks, watch the documentary, and then while you're there, feel free to watch my nine-part series, Faith and Filmmaking. And, uh, you know. And then cancel your. And you can trial. cancel if you want. I st- <laughs> I got mine, you know. Um, but uh, but no, they've they've been uh, very generous uh, to me over there and uh, very supportive as well. So um, so yeah, and I would like to do another one of these at some point. So uh, all the clicks and all the views that I can get uh, are welcome. So if you go to faithlife uh, faithlifetv.com, you can find Real Redemption. It's right on the front page. Angie, what do you have to plug? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AJHAN. You can find my writing at Mashable.com. And, I was, and I'm also one of the critics that's sometimes on KPCC's Film Week, which is a local radio show. So I was, I'm, on, I'm on this week's episode talking about, among other things, the Diana Kennedy documentary you just mentioned. And now I feel like I know why you decided you wanted to make tortillas from scratch. Yeah, you put it all together. <laughs> yeah, it, it all came together on the head. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, uh, Angie. It was a delight, although the part where you wouldn't eat your earbud, a little bit of a disappointment. But, you know, we got off to a strong start before then. Yeah, Yeah, and and David chose to end on that, which is, you know, I mean, the listeners are just going to be angry. Ah! (laughs) Not really. (laughs) That was, oh my gosh, it was a fun uh, optical illusion David just engaged in. It's a shame this is not a video podcast. (sighs) Well, uh, this was a blast. Thank you, Angie. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye.
Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 